What's up, everybody, and welcome back from the summer break. And Formula One is officially back, and so are we. So is the Backmarkers F1 show. We're so glad to have everybody along for the rest of the nine races left in the 2019 season. Chris and Shaker alongside with you for the Belgian Grand Prix preview. Tyler is an extremely busy man, so he'll be joining us after the Labor Day weekend for our recap of this race. Which, you know, you might see a change in how our set might look a little bit. Yes, so. this is very emotional for us. <laughs> this is the final podcast with this beautiful table we've got right here. <laughs> we can barely fit the three of us in our hats on this table. Um, that is actually, Tyler just dropped off our new table for us uh, tonight. Mm -hmm. So we'll be setting that up for uh, our next podcast, recapping the Belgian Grand Prix. So... It'll kind of look a little bit different. We'll have more space, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, our decorations will look a little bit nicer. So that's what happens. You, you hit a 1,000 subscribers, <laughs> start to make a little money off of those ads, and good yeah, things come in. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. You know, you got to make your first purchase as a monetized YouTube uh, YouTube uh, page. That's so. right. 100% of the proceeds go back into the Backmarkers <laughs> Point Show. So. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's, uh, that's going to be new and exciting for, for next week. So we're looking forward to that. But... Um, yeah, the show must go on. And for all the new subscribers out there, thanks again for following us and uh, subscribing on our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to for the rest of the nine races left in this season. So uh, before we get into previewing, you know, the track and the usual stuff, tire allocation and our predictions, we can go over some of the summer summer break news that happened. Um, we touched a little bit upon this in our Q and A. Uh, once again, thanks to everybody for all your questions and your interactions. Um, and the power rankings as well. Those interactions were fun. Yeah, actually, yeah. You can't win on YouTube, can no, you? No, you cannot. You put Max. B by the way, I'm I'm ready for Spa. If you can tell, I've got my Max Spa cap and my Max <laughs> shirt for all the people that were so upset that we put Lewis Hamilton number one in the midseason rankings. But you can't win. If we would have put Max number one, people would have shitted on us for putting him number yep. one. So. I mean, we put him number one in our like last five races. Which I don't. Which one are, are we going to continue to do that one for the next one? We're going to yeah. base our ranking on the last five. So Max is on top for that one. So I don't know what the huge complaint is about. I don't know. I mean, I thought we were being pretty fair and you know chose the right people for both of those. But you know, sometimes we sometimes it just happens. Yeah, you got to pick your battles, and we still stand by our rankings for the midseason. But I think that our regular season rankings after the races yeah. will be different, right? So exactly. And I agree with a lot of the stuff that people said. But, you know, it's like like you said, it's more of our it's a more of our personal opinion on the matter. And everybody has different racers that they thought were better. And, you know, I find sometimes if you're looking for a specific racer to do better, it kind of raises it up, too. And mm. so, yeah, it, it it all depends. So I will say one really good point that few people made actually was max really hasn't had a bad race this season and i was like it's true. well you know what yeah that's true i can't really think of one that for his own mistakes and his own wrongdoings he had a bad race i mean the race that he spun he won in germany he did the 360 yeah. and he won the race so i mean britain wasn't his fault he got smashed in the back of him by vettel other I than that I think Monaco has been a, his only shitty race this season. But Correct. he's still recovered from it. And it technically really wasn't his fault no. because the team released him early. So that's exactly. he goes when the green oh, light goes. I'm talking about his crash with Hamilton. That was Monaco, was it not? Oh, yeah. When he, yeah, I mean, he touched him a little Exa bit. That's like, all right. I think <laughs> that's the only one. But, like, I don't hold it against him. Like, but I think he still has – he's – honestly, yeah, you're right. I think yeah. that's – I don't think you think back to it. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah. I think Lewis Hamilton has just had better 
overall performances, and that's one of the main reasons we put them a little bit higher in the, our midseason review. Yeah, I think the main thing was when you win eight of the twelve races the midseason. I mean, if you like, if you don't put them number one, that would have been the problem then. So, yeah. Um, but again, everybody has their different opinions. Our post power rankings following the Belgian Grand Prix, there there's probably going to be some movement there. Whether it's going to be at the fa- at the top and number one, we'll see. But um, from now on, it'll be going back to the previous five races instead of all of the races in the season. Mm-hmm. So exactly, yeah. that's that's that. Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about is that they just announced us in the last couple of days that the Spanish Grand Prix will remain on the 2020 calendar. And oh, great! <laughs> you're so excited, aren't you? It's my favorite race, especially after that classic we just had in 2019 and 2018. Really, nothing yeah. really happened in 2018. But I mean, it's cool. I just why don't can they not change it to another location in Spain? Yeah, I know we talked about that too, right? There's a couple of decent tracks in Spain yeah. that they could use. But, yeah, they're keeping it at the circuit uh, Barcelona de Catalunya. Um, I mean, which is a great track. And it's got, and, you know, it's got a lot of uh, history behind it. I mean, so I, so I think. But, like, it's just I would like to see something else on the calendar in Spain. I'm cool. Like, I mean, there's a lot of Spanish um, Grand Prix fans. So I'm sure it's a huge, you know, huge event for them every year like, like it is in Canada and Montreal. Um, but, yeah, I just – I mean, it, there, there's a couple other tracks that, that you could choose from in Spain where, you, you know, in Canada, you don't really have another choice. You have to go with Montreal Grand Prix. So. Right. Yeah, it's a great testing track, obviously, and, and they're going to continue testing there. But my initial reaction was sort of the same. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. But then again, you have to think of the Spanish fans that live there as well. It's For the sure, only race yeah. that they have. So if you imagine the Canadian Grand Prix wasn't the most exciting, but at least you can go and watch F1 oh, exactly. in person. And Barcelona is one of the most cap- uh, uh, popular cities in Spain. So exactly, yeah. So it's good for good for Spain. It's a one-year deal, so we'll see what happens post that. But the bigger story, I think, coming from that is, it looks like it's going to be a 22 race calendar for 2020. Because obviously we have the addition of the Vietnam Grand Prix, the yeah. Mexican Grand Prix stayed on. So it looks like it's going to be around Dutch Grand Prix. Dutch Grand Prix, yeah, very good. So. Yeah, I forgot about that one almost. <laughs> um, so that's it. Looks like it's shaping up to be a twenty-two race calendar, which is that's exciting, crazy. Yeah, it's good for the fans. So I guess it will probably be even split to eleven and eleven, where this one this time it was uh, eleven twelve and nine twelve nine. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. They're not planning on doing any triple headers like there was in twenty eighteen because that was just insane for the teams. Yeah. But. I mean, for the teams even now, 22 races is a lot. You're talking about reliability of all your components, but also the travel, logistics. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody's going to have to spend a lot of time away from family and friends. Yeah, I mean, for it's sure. Almost like nine months, ten months that you're that you're doing the season, right? So, we'll see. The calendar hasn't been finalized yet. It's just sort of a provisional calendar. But that was my initial thought first yeah. when I saw that. And if you take into account the other people that want to do the 24 hours of Le Mans and stuff like that, so. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a big year for them next year if that does go through. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the next thing, it's as we're recording this, we haven't heard any news on it yet, but there has been rumblings of Esteban Ocon potentially leaving his Mercedes contract to join Renault in 2020. Something that we, I wouldn't say we predicted, but something that we threw out there when we were yeah. talking about Silly Season a couple of weeks ago. So credit to us because yeah, we saw it sure. coming. <laughs> um, so that would mean that Valtteri Bottas would stay at Mercedes for the next season, uh, partnering Lewis Hamilton, and that it would be Ocon and Ricardo lining up at Renault and possibly Hulkenberg and Magnussen lining up at Haas. No. <laughs> 
just rumors and speculation. There's been suck uh, my balls, mate. <laughs> like <laughs> that would no be a great way. team pairing, though. <laughs> I'd be a great teammates, right? I think they could set their differences aside for the sake of the team. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's been would have been what two or three years at that point. I guess if you you can put that behind you, but yeah, that's gonna be an interesting pairing. Yeah, if it happens. Yeah. So yeah, no, that'd be. I guess Hulk Hulkenberg's still never going to win a race, though. <laughs> <laughs> or get podium. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not looking great for Renault, so, but it hasn't been looking good for Haas either, right? Yeah, so, so eh, I mean, that should be interesting. Yeah, nothing has been confirmed. So by the time this podcast comes out, the press conferences at, at, at Spa will have happened. So maybe we'll find out something then. I found it a little curious that we didn't really find out the status of Mercedes in a summer break. Cause you'd think that as a driver, you'd want to know where you stand coming back from the summer break instead of being in this limbo. Mm-hmm. So maybe Valtteri already knows and they're just keeping a tight lip. But one of the magazines leaked on their magazine cover, actually Esteban Ocon and uh, Renault racing suit. So yeah. um, I don't know where they're getting their information from, but there's been no official confirmation yet from either side, whichever magazine posted that that's definitely fake. I don't know who it was. I, I, I don't think it was a French magazine. I, I can't exactly remember which publication it was. But, uh, yeah, they got their information from somewhere. <laughs> well, obviously, it was definitely Photoshop because there's no way there's they've done team photos or anything like that or photos of him. And a who knows? Nose, yeah. Like, so, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. By, probably by the time this video – it always happens that way. Yeah. We, we pre-record something, no news comes out the next morning and everything's breaking news so, so yeah exactly yeah. well we'll see how it goes on our end um and then one of the last things is uh the 2021 car really we've seen a lot of visual graphic design sketches but we recently actually seen a real car uh in the f1 wind tunnel courtesy uh of sauber formula one used their wind tunnel as well so if if you guys haven't seen what the car looks like check it out because it's interesting to see the potential 2021 regulations come to life. I must say it looks a little bit better than I originally thought with the digital sketches. Uh, I'm still not a big fan of the wheel covers on, on the front tires there. I find that to be a little bit odd. I've but definitely seen the picture, but for some reason I can't remember what it looks like. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's got no official livery on it. It's just uh, gray and black and, and kind of um, we're seeing obviously the bigger wheel rims as well on display but when i saw the picture of the car from the rear it looked really good is it this one here am i looking at the, the right gray one? one no yeah, yeah that's yeah, the right okay, one that's the right yeah. one okay yeah so it's we'll, pretty cool right it doesn't look bad no it, i actually do like it there's it it looks it, is it wider that i don't know i don't know the exact dimensions but it kind of looks roughly the same like the cars yeah, do it, now yeah it, they kept a very it, it looks sleeker is yes, what I would yeah. say. Like it's, it looks nice. Um, and I'm sure some dark colors are gonna look really nice on this car. Yeah, I think the the detail really is in the side pod barge board area. It's very yeah. simplified. Like there's not a whole lot of it's little not inlets like going on. F- like it not it's not right. flat like it is this year, right? It kind of goes in. It kind of like forms into it. I like it. It looks pretty good. The rear wing is a little odd to me. The way it's positioned up like that. I think I feel like that's co- more of a concept design because, like, if you look at this one, it kind of comes into the side and how it's done. Yeah, but it's interesting. It's um, it's it kind of looks like what they would do in a supercar. I want to say, like, with a wing like that, where they're kind of just making the entire body flow into like the rear mm-hmm. wing. There, it kind of looks like that. 
Uh, but it's cool. It's interesting. It's very. It's. I I think it's what it's the rims that make it look that much cooler. Yeah, the bigger uh, yeah. Pirelli wheel rims. Yeah, it's it's really the first time we're seeing it on a concept of an F1 car. So yeah. I think those will look really cool. But when I saw the rear wing, I was wondering if they're the the design of that is because maybe they're eliminating DRS. You know. Oh and yeah, that's. It, it's been talked about. Nothing obviously is finalized, and this is they're still in the process of testing all of this. And mm-hmm. now that they have this base model, they're trying to find all the potential loopholes that the teams are going to try and find. Yeah. Because. All of the data and the CFD that they've done on the testing in the wind tunnel shows that it's much, much easier to follow a car. You don't lose as much downforce. Um, okay. I think they said you're only losing like 5% downforce, uh, whereas the current cars are much, much higher. So apparently from the original data and the statistics, it looks really, really promising. Now, that's because the teams haven't come in and fucked it all up, <laughs> yeah. right? It's so true. So... We'll see if the FIA can kind of tailor this in a way where the teams can't find too many loopholes and it stays kind of standardized the way it is. Mm-hmm. I, I made the comment, too, that it looks more similar to the cars that we had in the early 2000s, whereas they're a bit chunkier, they're a bit fatter, but they're simpler. We didn't yeah. have all these complicated wings and inlets and barge boards, side pods, etc. And it kind of looks like they, ma- they made um, the halo, like... Where the drivers are looking down, they, it looks like they kind of thinned it down as well compared mm-hmm. to what it is right now. So it's they have more, uh, they, they can see more. So that's pretty cool. It's more integrated with the car for sure. Yeah. Um, I think they've got some more f- w- uh, work to do on the front wing. I think they're not really sure what uh, what that's gonna kind of look like. But yeah, they're they're trying to work out all these regulations now. But it was the first time we've actually really seen the car in a wind tunnel. So it's interesting for sure. This is really cool because like. If you look at the car this year, the nose of the car is a little bit wider yes, this year yeah. compared to what it is right there. So, it's a cool design. But I think yeah, I think you're right about the front wing. The front looks very, the front wing looks very similar to, to how it is now. Um, but yeah, I like it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the or when we actually find out what the regulations will be. Have they said if the cars are going to be able to go faster because of it or no? Obviously not, right? Because of the d- design of the car. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's going to be enough downforce, uh, and they're moving more toward uh, bringing back the ground effect, so it should be as fast, if not faster. Yeah. Um, but again, if you remember back going into this year's regulations, they said it was supposed to be like a second and a half slower. But then after the teams came in and they did their wizardry with the aerodynamics, they ended up being faster than last year's car. Huh. So, yeah, I think that when the teams come in and, and all those geniuses like Adrian Newey and they put their design on these cars, they always find a way to make them faster and yeah, find these for sure. loopholes with double diffusers and different things like that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Hmm. Okay. Now, does the FIA control, like, what kind of materials they're using for their car? Is that they're totally on the team? I think that it's in the regulation. That's a good question that I'm not 100% sure of. I think that it's defined in terms of what they can use, like carbon fiber parts and yeah. for their brakes and, and stuff like that. And I'm assuming most of it is carbon fiber that they're using. Yeah, parts, yeah. And so. they want to move to more standardized parts for 2021, yeah. which you know some teams not are not a big fan of, like Ferrari, for example. But I think it's probably outlined in the regulation of maybe like the monocoque, for example, which is a big safety concern. Yeah. has to be made of certain material. Um, and then maybe a few things are interchangeable around the car. Okay, interesting. Um, All right, so before we get to the track layout, Lando Norris, just quick news on Lando Norris. He was dealing with some sort of foot injury, 
that he sustained while on vacation. Uh, he doesn't think it's going to affect anything in his performance. He was in a walking boot just as a precaution, but uh, just keep an eye on that just in case. If he's in your fantasy team, maybe take him out. But I don't, I don't expect him to be missing uh, a race he's or anything not like soccer that. soccer anytime soon is what you're saying. No, I don't <laughs> think so. And the final news was that we could have potentially another team entering F1 in 2021. Uh, Panthera or Pantera, however you pronounce it, are possibly looking into entering a team into Formula One in 2021, which would move us to, what would that be, 22 drivers then with 11 teams. So, have I got that math right? Yeah, you do have that math. I'm just thinking We've got 10 it. teams right now, right? Yeah, we yeah, have 10 okay. teams right now. No, your math is, your math's right. I'm just, Pantera. Don't know much about him, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was just one I actually saw coming in uh, on, on the way here that uh, they're looking at potentially entering a team in 2021. That'd be interesting. Yeah, they seem very serious about it, so. Um, okay, I guess, yeah, the league give, gives rooms for a lot more drivers to come into. Yeah, well. It should make the track more interesting with more cars on it. Yeah, and like you said, it would fix the whole driver market issue. Yeah. Guys like Esteban Ocon would be racing already. I wonder if we'll see Marcus Erickson back in F- F1 the next year then because of Possibly. It. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot of good drivers out there, a lot of young drivers out there. So. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get into Spa Francorchamps, which is one of the greatest Formula One tracks, if not just race tracks in general. Um, it's one of my favorite races of the year to watch, just because of how unique the track is, how exciting it is, especially that turn one on lap one. Every couple of years, some cars flying through there. <laughs> we saw it last year, obviously. Grosjean knows a little bit something about that. So it's a it's a really a, a driver's track and the longest Formula One track on the calendar at just mm-hmm. over seven kilometers, going through the forests in Belgium. We obviously know for Max Verstappen it is a home race really for him. Um, very close to Holland, he's got all of his supporters that are there. The Orange Army is going to be out in full force, as you see from the Spa cap <laughs> I got going here. And actually, interesting too, I found out that Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll's mom was born in Belgium. So. Oh. He was saying that it's kind of a second home race for him. That's actually really cool. Yeah, so fun fact for the week there. I did not know that. I guess we might see a lot of uh, Norris fans out there too then. <laughs> yeah, the orange fans. Yeah. <laughs> they got to change their color. <laughs> they got to go blue at least. Yeah, I mean, they, it's true. They, Especially with all the Dutch fans showing up now with Baxter stopping, they got they, they got to change their colors around. Yeah, you can't be the Orange Army when the real Orange Army is the yeah, Dutch fans. That's true. They and they're the Orange Army no matter what sport it comes to. I'm sorry, those smoothie small the table, table problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the, they're the Orange Army in every sport that they go to. So you yeah. can't just have McLaren as the Orange Army just for F1, you know? Yeah, for sure. And they got blue in their livery, so a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they got it. That's way that way we can distinguish them. Mm-hmm. From the McLaren fans, well, I mean, we know which are the Dutch fans. They're the loudest fans out yeah. there. So we'll see. We'll see what Max's chances are this Loudest weekend. and nicest. So yeah, <laughs> they're always very nice in the comments. Even the people that were disappointed, we put Max number two. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> but I made it up for you guys. I went out and I bought a Verstappen hat, and I also bought a Verstappen car, the RB14. Yeah. See, I was going to buy the hat, but I'm waiting for the Dutch Grand Prix one for next year because I know that's for sure going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be a really cool hat, I, I so. bet. <laughs> and, and it's like it's a thank you to Max, so he put some dollars back into his wallet. Cause, that's true. I mean, he did inject a lot of life into not only this channel, but also F1 in general. Exactly. So, so well, that's, that's, that's true. See, I, I, I spent 
on money on too many hats this season, like this one here and my max one there. So you know, I had to uh, had to save that for next year. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, you might be right in the end because I'm pretty sure the Dutch hat was probably going to be a lot cooler than this one. Well, we'll see how it goes if they end up doing it. I, I have a good feeling it's going to happen, so I'm sa- I'm waiting for that one, and I still plan on going to uh, Holland next year. So maybe I'll try to aim it around the time that the yeah. Dutch, Grand, uh, Dutch Grand Prix is happening. Oh, they got to do something. Uh, yeah. They have to. <laughs> that's a huge. I mean, if you want to make money, yeah, right there. That's that's the that's the hat you want to go for. So yeah. All right. Little more to know about Spa. Uh, taking a quick look at the DRS zones, we have the first DRS zone, which is obviously going to be on the start finish straight, and then the second one, which is after Eau Rouge and Raudillon, uh onto the Kemmel straight. Um, so those are your two DRS zones for this track. This track is obviously really high load on the tires. You got. I mean, just really some tremendous corners. I just talked about Eau Rouge and Radion, which last year, that was the catchphrase everybody was using. I won't even say it because it's pretty annoying. Um, did you hear about this? No. No? Okay. <laughs> well, WTF1 made a video. So Eau Rouge, the corner on that track, is pretty much just the bottom of that hill. And Radion is the, the top part of that hill. Okay. So people thought that that whole section was just called Eau Rouge, which, I mean, everybody thought it was. But they did this video where they're just like, that's Radion actually, because they, they showed the track to people and they'd be like, Oh, what, what corner is this? And they're like, Oh, it's all Rouge. And they're like, that's Radion actually. And that was the catchphrase that everybody was using for like months, months on end. Every single comment that had anything to do with the Belgian Grand Prix, that those were the comments. Oh. All right. It's like one of those trendy things, yeah, you know what just, I mean? That just, just catches on. Yeah. <laughs> so just so you know, that top part of that, elevation point right there is that's ready on okay good to know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i will remember that from now on yeah so that's just one of the best I'm actually let me take that back it is the best corner in f1 and the greatest overtake in my opinion that i've ever seen was mark weber on fernando alonso in eau rouge the greatest overtake i've ever seen side by side going into eau rouge and it's tough to see on tv i think it's around like almost a 40 meter elevation change it's just a ridiculous corner. I mean, you're probably doing 4 or 5G at least. It's just one of the best sequences of corners uh, in the sport. So it's tough on tires. Pirelli have brought the hardest range of tires to this Grand Prix, so the C1, C2, and the C3. Um, obviously, with with such a high load circuit, you're going to need tires that are going to last you a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So uh, that those are the allocations that they brought. Taking a look at the tire allocations per driver, um, Vettel has gone with only two sets of the C2, so that's the yellow marked tires, mm-hmm. whereas the Mercedes team of Hamilton and Bottas have both opted for four each, uh, which means that the Ferrari drivers have gone with two extra sets of the soft, whereas Mercedes only have eight. Okay. So a little bit of different strategy there. Pretty much all of the drivers except George Russell have only gone with one set of the hard tire. And taking a look at Max Verstappen, he's brought the same allocation as the Ferrari driver. So two sets of the C2s, 10 sets of the softs. So we could be seeing a one-stopper here. Oh, it's, I feel, definitely feel like it's going to be a one-stopper, especially if Pirelli is bringing their hardest compound into it. It's gonna, they're going to be going a little bit longer. Yeah. Depending on one thing, actually, if you wouldn't mind just checking what the weather forecast says for, for, sure. for Spa, because being such a long track, I mean, seven kilometers long, you could have the instant, I mean, we get crazy weather sometimes over there in, in Belgium in the forest. So you could have a situation like we did last year where you have a wet qualifying or where on certain parts of the track, it's raining, but other parts are so dry. It is a very long circuit. So very, very 
it could happen that sector one is dry, but sector three, the rain is going to start pouring down. So weather is always a factor. So it's actually from Friday to uh, Friday to Sunday. It's uh, Friday is 23 degrees, Saturday is 28 degrees, and Sunday is 19 degrees. No rain. Uh, uh tw- 10 and 20 percent, 20 percent chance of chance of rain on Sunday. Um, but it's gonna be cloudy all weekend, so maybe you'll get uh, a few sprinkles here and there. Hmm. No rain, unfortunately, though. No hard r- hard rain for what this says. Damn, that's uh. unfortunate. We need another really good wet race. Yeah, in Belgium, uh, like uh, like we did in Germany. Yeah, exactly. And it's ca- it's gonna be a little bit harder with fall coming up here, so it might affect uh, parts of the world differently. But yeah, should be interesting. Yeah. So in that case, if it stays dry, I think a one stop I- is probably gonna be likely. But if you got a crazy safety car incident like we had in the last couple of years, some teams might try and force force a two stopper. So uh, we'll see what happens and. Getting into our predictions and, and looking at which teams have the upper hand going into this race. The next two races, I think, for Ferrari are their best chances of winning the f- their first race of the season. Because both of these tracks, Spa and Monza, that which is following this race, are the most power-sensitive circuits on the calendar. And they're actually ranked... Monza is one in, t- in terms of what track rewards the most low-drag car. And Spa is right behind. So mm-hmm. I think that... Ferrari, they're going to be more favorites in Monza, in my opinion. But I think that Spa, they're going to be right up there. And when you're looking at the track, too, Sector 1, very power sensitive. you got the long straight after Turn 1, up in the Eau Rouge and the Kemmel straight. That's all going to be flat. Sector 2, I think, is where they're going to struggle because it's more medium downforce type corners where you need more front-end grip, yep. which is where they've been struggling a lot this year. Sector three, again, you've got that little straight that's uh, leading up to the bus stop chicane. So they're going to be able to claw that back. So I'm really interested in where Honda Power will come into this, though. Mm -hmm. Because we've heard and we've been reading about the GPS data that says Ferrari is gaining as much as seven-tenths up on Mercedes in the straight line and about nine-tenths on Honda in the straight line. So how much of that will Honda and Mercedes be able to claw back in, let's say, sector two or sector three? So I'm really going to be interested to see if Ferrari can maintain that power advantage through the whole entire lap. Well, yeah, and especially with the summer break, we might see some changes in some of the car- cars that are coming back as well, right? So um, it, it should be an interesting race because there's, after, what, three weeks of uh, three weeks of summer break, we're seeing all these drivers get come back into their cars, and some of them have might have a few new things in there. So you're going to have to be testing it out. Um Side note, we were just talking about sectors. Do you think they're going to add a third DRS zone in this race, in Sector 3? Uh, probably not. I mean, you c- you technically could. Like uh, right at the beginning of it, eh? Like at the end of at the end of Sector 2, or right after Turn 14, go yeah. uh, right after Turn 15, I guess? You could. I mean, it, the thing is, is I, I think that that might be somewhat of a danger zone there because, I it mean... It does turn out a little yeah, bit. It's yeah, it's not a massive left-hander, but you are pulling more high G load going into that corner. But yeah, yeah, I think that they'll just keep it. I I think you have to almost keep it at two DRS zone just because it becomes too artificial after that. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I mean, we've been wrong before and they always usually tell us afterwards when we record this. So, (laughs) uh, but I think they'll probably just keep it to, to two DRS. Okay. Fair point. I mean, yeah, like there's no real straights. They're all kind of turning, but they, yeah, they're just long. So, yeah. and getting back to what you're talking about, about upgrades, I mean, technically, teams are supposed to shut down for the summer break, but apparently Mercedes was working crazy through the summer break. 
um, I mean, Ferrari as well. Said they were working through the summer break. Yeah, so it's not really. <laughs> as, I mean, they must have had maybe a couple days, but not not a terrible amount of breaks. So last year we saw Ferrari go down the wrong development path after the summer break. First yeah. two races for them were okay, but when they got to Singapore and brought that upgrade to the floor, it, it just went it, it went really wrong for them. So we could see that again this year, not just from Ferrari, maybe Red Bull. Doubt it that it would happen from Mercedes because they rarely ever shoot themselves in the foot. But this is where we're going to see some upgrades. Haas, for example, uh, when you just mentioned teams bringing upgrades, both cars will now be running the new aero specification. So the last few races heading into the summer break, they were splitting between, like Grosjean would run the Australia spec, Kevin Magnussen would run the new spec. So now both cars will be running the new spec uh, of aerodynamic I Australia improvements. Australia was working better for them. Yeah, race pace-wise it was for Grosjean. The weird thing is the car qualifies pretty well. I mean, we yeah, think back to true. Magnussen in Austria, qualified fifth. But when it got into the race, they just f- they can't turn on the tires at the same time, and their race pace is awful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. But I think that they're just going to stop kind of screwing around with it and go with the new one. But I hope that the upgrades that they were able to bring in the summer break can lead them down yeah. the right way because they're you they know, need it. Yeah, they yeah they, they do. Need, they need something at this point to make their season. To make their s- the season worth it, at least. Or yeah. yeah. So, like, they need something in there. They need something at the uh, in the next couple races, and if it doesn't happen, I don't see them continuing on with the next with uh, later on in the year. So. And if you're Grosjean too, you're hearing all these rumors about Hulkenberg maybe coming in, and you're on the chopping block. You want to get some good results. Grosjean's not there next year. <laughs> okay. <I'm saying laughs> not, not 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 part of the <laughs> Grosjean fan club. Oh, I, I have no issues with Grosjean, but there's no way he is on a team next year. With yeah, his, I agree. And, like, he's a really nice guy, but when it comes down to driver, I don't think he's great under pressure. And it's I, I feel bad about saying it, but I don't see him in any team next year. There's a lot of other drivers that deserve a spot. Interesting. I hate to be harsh. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's your opinion. It's uh, – <laughs> I would agree with you there. He's cracked under the pressure the last couple of years. And again, don't get us wrong. Roman Grosjean's a phenomenal driver. Oh, yeah. He's been on multiple podiums before, which is interesting because when he drove for Lotus, he was very good. Mm-hmm. Had those mistakes, which eventually led to race bans. Not the one in Belgium, and I, obviously. And I think the major reason is that Haas is re- leaning towards more Magnussen at t- as their star driver, you know, for the team. So I think that's what's putting him under a lot of pressure. And, you know, it happens. He, it, but, yeah, I just it's unfortunate of uh, his position. But I really don't see him surviving. Yeah. And Gunter Steiner, their team boss, said that they're not going to lean to a young lineup. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would rule out somebody like Fittipaldi, who's their, uh, their development and reserve driver. So we'll see who that brings in. Obviously, we're still waiting for that big domino to fall, which is yeah. the Mercedes decision. And uh, afterwards... You know, for when you just said that Grosjean might not be back in F1, I just thought potentially there could be a race seat that opens up at Alfa Romeo if they don't want to keep Giovinazzi. I feel like they're going to keep Giovinazzi. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's just something interesting to think yeah. about. Ferrari engine, car, um, so was Haas. So. Well, the other interesting thing would be, like you said, if there's a new team coming in next year, there's going to be two more spots opening up, right? It would only come in 2021, though. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So yeah. we'd have so, to wait. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to wait. to see, Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting next year to see what drivers do come into play because there's a lot of young drivers just sitting on the bench waiting waiting for their chance to uh, waiting for their chance to drive in F1. So it's unfortunate. but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we think is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll 
we'll talk more about it when that when that Bottas Ocon domino falls, and then we'll see what happens with mm-hmm. Haas. Um, all right, so I guess we could get into our race predictions. Who do we think is going to win first race back from the summer break? Obviously, going into the summer break, Mercedes won in Hungary, but Max mm-hmm. Verstappen had a great couple of races, two yeah. race wins heading into the break. So, you want to start or want to start? I'll start. <laughs> okay. I'm still like up. thinking about. It. Yeah, I you haven't know. made up your mind I, I yet. I made up my like one and two. Maybe like I just yeah. I, I'm definitely going with Valtteri Bottas as first. Oh really? I, I did not expect that at all. He had the uh, he he has the fastest lap on this track. Said it last year. I mean, and I think he needs a win. I say it every time, but I think he needs a win. Yeah. Um, and I think to kind of cement his place as you know. He, the Mercedes driver for next year, he he he's kind of got to step up to the uh, step up to uh, the plate and do it. So, him in number one. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Sebastian Vettel is number two. <laughs> Why can't you believe you're saying it? Because <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen. But okay. just in case, if I'm right, I know you jinxed it. <laughs> I really hope it happens, but you know, I, I we'll see, we'll see. Um. Just because, like you said, Ferrari has, uh, you know, Ferrari has said that they're making the race pace a little bit faster. This is kind of like, this is a very good track for Ferrari because half of the track is is long straights and, you know, curving corners. So I think this is a track for them. Um, You know what? I'm going to say Max Verstappen second and then Vettel third. Oh, change the decision. Home race, eh? I know Lewis Hamilton is getting podium, but those are my three (laughs) choices, and I'm going to stick by it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hard one to call because I think that three teams could be in contention to win this race. It's true. I really do. I'm saying Max Verstappen because I'm holding on to my theory that the bigger the Dutch fans are, the better Max Verstappen. Yeah. True. True. And I think this is so. I'm gonna put him up there. He might even, you know, make it higher than third. But I, he might even make it, make it higher than second. But I'm sticking by it. All right, fair enough. I think uh, I'll go third to first okay. this time. And it, again, it was a tough decision for me because I'm trying to figure out. Okay, like Ferrari, they're gonna have power advantages, sector one, sector three. But I think Mercedes are gonna claw that back in sector two. But then. The race pace of Ferrari hasn't been great, even when they've gotten pole and yeah. you know Austria tracks like that. Canada, they haven't really pulled away. So, I'm gonna go third place, Sebastian Vettel. Okay. I'm gonna say he finishes in third. So we're both saying that Sebastian Vettel finishes third. I think so. He's been on a good yeah. run of form. He I likes this so track. Too. He's won multiple times here, and he won last year. Obviously, it's been, by the way, FYI, been a year since Vettel has won a race yes. in F1. So. I think he's in contention this weekend. But, yeah, I think he'll be finishing third. I think second place will be Charles Leclerc. I think Ferrari will have two cars on the podium. Okay. I think that the Honda engine of Verstappen and Red Bull will be up there with Ferrari in qualifying and in race pace. But I think that Ferrari will just be a little bit better and will finish ahead of the Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in P1, I'll have uh, Alex Albon in the new Red Bull. No, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'll have Lewis Hamilton in P1. Yeah. Okay, no, good choice. Lewis Hamilton is a big contention uh, for me. I was going to put him there up there for Valtteri Bottas, but I just want him to win, and that's why I, I pick my choice on people that I really want to win uh, who might not actually win. These are just my race predictions. Yeah, we're never really right. 
Yeah. Most of the time, anyway. Yeah. It's, it's hard to predict these things, so don't put any money on it. But but I do wish good luck to Alex Albon and his yes. for and his racing uh, or in his Red Bull debut. Um, but yeah, he. I think he's gonna have a very good race. I think he's a good driver for this car. Um, does he finish in the top five? No. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's making top 10. I do not think he's breaking the top five at the moment. I not this race, at least. I okay. think we'll have to wait to see his performance in this race to see that. But this is his first time getting the car. He only had his. He only sat in that car like maybe four or five days ago, maybe a week ago, and got the got a seating right. So yeah, yeah, they only got back like yes today, yesterday, today, something like that. So yeah, I guess by the time this goes, ago. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think I think he'll finish sixth. I'll say he'll be the best yeah, of the I rest. Th- I think he, I, I agree. I think he's going to be sixth. Yeah, they, that's a big story to watch. We didn't talk about him off the top of the show, but. Um, I think it's a story that everybody's already talking about, so. Yeah, it's huge. A- and also Pierre Gasly back at Toro Rosso, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Toro Rosso has had a pretty solid season so yeah. far. So how, do, how does Gasly fit in back in with that team? But now Alex Albon is suddenly in this race-winning car. But you imagine now, what if Albon comes into this car and he's on the pace right away? Yeah. And now we got two Red Bulls fighting for mm-hmm. a win, maybe even pole position. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm really intrigued by this race because I'm not exactly sure who's going to win. I think we really do have three teams that could pull out this win because Honda have caught up. They're bringing the power to Red Bull, which is what they've been wanting for the last couple of years. Um, obviously, we know Ferrari's been struggling in terms of downforce. Mercedes has been good all around. Mm-hmm. But the last couple races, they've been a little more uh, vulnerable. So, yeah, I, I think Leclerc will get pole. That's my prediction. Okay. But will eventually lose the spot in the race. Because uh, I, I I would say Leclerc is going to get pole as well. I was thinking about that. This is a good track for Leclerc. And I'm, I didn't put him up there, but it's a good track for Leclerc. I'm not sold on Ferrari's race pace just no. yet. So I, I got big predictions for them in Monza, but I will save that for next week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think that it's it's a toss-up of who can win this weekend, which hopefully is going to make for a really great race because the last four or five races leading into the break were very entertaining. So I'm hoping we continue that trend. Yeah. I mean, before those last four or five races, if Lewis Hamilton was going the way that he is, I would say the season would be done in the next three races. But now with Max Verstappen slowly clawing up there, I think Lewis Hamilton is still getting first, but I don't think the season's done at this point, you know? No, yeah, it's got new life to it now yeah. because possibly, maybe Max could catch him, but most likely not. But Verstappen's in contention now for second place at the yeah. championship, Oh, right? exactly. And I said it at the beginning of this year that I think Max Verstappen's going to get second. So if he does... <laughs> You'll get one of them, right? <laughs> one time, I, I will be right. <laughs> I'm glad somebody will get a prediction, right? I can't wait till we review, we look back Actually, on Tyler's it. Actually, Tyler's gotten one prediction right. I think it was one of his race predictions. He got all three of his race predictions right. Oh, okay. So I think there's only been one so far out of all of this. But like our season predictions, remember our bold predictions at the beginning? I, I rem- That was my bold prediction, I think, was that Max Verstappen's going to get second. It was, was it one second? of them. Okay. Yeah, I think it was one of them. Because I know mine were Alfa Romeo would get multiple podiums. <laughs> Listen, this one. Ferrari <laughs> would win, run away with the championship after the summer break. Oh yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> so those were my two ones, and then I can't remember what my third one was. But I uh, can't. I, I only remember the Max Verstappen one. I don't yeah. remember any of my other ones. So I can't wait. We're gonna replay that video in our uh, in our wrap up to this season and just have a good laugh at our predictions. That's why yeah. I hate doing predictions. Yeah, they're just predictions. They're never gonna be right. Yeah, so. rarely. <laughs> rarely. 
But maybe you guys are right. So drop your predictions down below in the comments. Let us know. What do you think is going to happen this weekend at the Belgian Grand Prix? Who's in contention? Who do you think will win the race? Who will be on the podium? And, uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts about uh, this race. And how do you think Alex Albon's going to do? That's one that we're going to be looking out for. So very exciting to have F1 back. And there's a lot of great storylines to be on the lookout for, which is nice. Yeah. And we come back, and right away there's a back-to-back. -back, so... Monza and the Italian Grand Prix will be following uh, next week after this race, so it, it's great. It's finally it's perfect good to be timing because I'm pretty sure that's when soccer goes on international break. Oh, really? Yeah. Perfect. So all the <laughs> soccer fans can now migrate over, <laughs> and uh, I think the U.S. Open will be done by then too. Yeah. So or the final will be that day. We're slowly getting you know, sports back, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of you are most likely going back to school, or you're back from vacation. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately. <laughs> It sucks. Summer's over. Yeah. Or you, you know, after you're done school, you just work nine to five every yeah, day. Pretty much. summer. So That's enjoy it. it. Yeah. If you're <laughs> in school, enjoy. Yeah, seriously. Enjoy the time off that you have. Yeah, we were just talking about this with Tyler right before we went on and went on. So, <laughs> bro, you know, you know, you know, you're an adult. So you're talking about my, my birthday is tomorrow. Yes. I got a water bill on my birthday. I got <laughs> I got to pay the water bill on my damn birthday. So that's what being an adult is all about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so, what it feels like sometimes, man. So yeah. <laughs> so enjoy it out there, kids, if, you, uh, if you're if you still still in school. And best yeah, of luck I guess to everybody. By the time this airs, it would be Chris's birthday. So I'll say happy birthday to Chris in the comments well, as you. well. Thank you. <laughs> I am not telling you how old I am. Yeah, it's fine. You're younger <laughs> than I am. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Good point. I feel much better now. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll be back then next week. It is a Labor Day week, so we'll be one day pushed back uh, because Monday is a is a holiday here. So we'll be back, which would be on the Tuesday, uh, to do our recap of the race. And then we're going to be pumping out the race preview for the Italian Grand Prix at the same time. So look out for that. And also our power rankings post-Belgian Grand Prix. Yes. It's going to be a really busy September, guys. There's yeah, four races sure. in September, two back-to-backs. Yeah, and few of us are away. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, we're ready to go, though. We're very excited to uh, push through these last nine races and uh, bring you guys the best that we have to offer. Mm -hmm, for sure. Good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that's it for me. All right, thanks, guys, for watching. Uh, subscribe down below. And make sure you hit that bell. You get all of our notifications when we got a new video up. And uh, be on the lookout for our race recap and power rankings for next week. Thanks again, and enjoy the race. Thank you so much.